Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Howdy, duty boys and girls. I hope you're having a great week. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to get after it talking about how to move to the front of line fast. How do we get to the front of line fast? Here's the deal. Many of you know I just moved to Key West recently. I've been in the Florida Keys now for about a year, but we decided to take the plunge, move to Key West, throw my realtor hat back on because after all, market's on fire. I mean, good gravy. It's I'm making an absolute killing selling houses without a whole lot of work. It's I'm having a lot of fun. It's wildly profitable. I mean, after all, guys, talk about million dollar houses, right? Those are a lot of fun to sell. Because after the commissions on those are, let's just say, a great time. Uh, I actually have two closings scheduled for next Friday. I'm pretty excited about it, which got me thinking. It's like, why be mediocre? I'm in a new town. I'm basically starting over. I decided I wanted to capitalize on this market. I wanted to go out with a bang. Jill and I retired a couple of years ago and thought, that's cool. And then, you know, after a couple of years of doing nothing but twiddling your thumbs, reading books, and you guys think, well, I can't wait to have nothing to do. You get bored. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and make some more money. I'm going to get out there and crush it all over again. This time, I'm going to put on my realtor hat, and I'm going to go out there and just crush it. So we moved to Key West, and here we are. Now, I want to go to the front of the line, not just because I'm an only child, because I want everyone to know I'm here. I want to where I want the listings. I want the sellers to work with me. Why? Because I feel I'm better at the representation, because I don't leave money on the table. I get them the most qualified offers that are guaranteed to close. That's why. And the last couple of deals I've done in the Tampa Bay market before I came down to Key West made me realize that by not working as a realtor, I feel, call me cocky, but I feel I'm doing a disservice to the marketplace. If I'm not out there helping sellers and teaching other agents how to help sellers, then I'm doing a disservice because at the end of the day, there's a lot of folks out there with real estate licenses that are not at the top of their game. And these people are out there underselling properties. I'm not saying just in the Key West market overall. I've had agents get mad because I spend money marketing my seller's properties in a hot market. It's like, what do you care what I do with my marketing dollars? And of course, I'm going to market the seller's property. Why? Because why just take 300000 when I can get them 400000 And that's exactly what's going on, folks. So I wanted to get out there and I wanted to crush it, which means, as I said a minute ago, starting over again. I mean, moving down here meant starting from scratch for the most part. None of the marketing I've done previously applies down here. I'm reaching a completely different audience. Down here, the majority of the sellers that you reach out to are what you'd call mass affluent or affluent. These are high net worth individuals. I mean, we're talking about houses that are, you know, a million bucks, average selling prices between eight hundred and a million dollars, and it goes on up to three, four, five million dollars or more. So we're talking about a completely different uh client, completely different seller. So I had to think outside the box and I had to find some expertise pretty darn quick. So what I did, and I'll talk about this here in a minute, but what I've done is I've been circling the wagons and trying to find the best of the best in the Key West market, coupled with the best ad people, because I'm really good at Facebook ads, no doubt. And YouTube ads are something that I don't have a lot of experience with. I've run them in the past, but it's not what I really understand. I'm better at Facebook ads. But recently, those of you that, aren't, that don't do ads and, and run paid ads, and by the way, if you don't, you're really missing out. But Facebook has made, well, actually HUD a couple of years ago made changes to prevent housing discrimination, I guess was the whole thing behind it, or equal opportunity to allow for equal opportunity. And they they changed how the parameters that you can use to market to someone that's buying or selling a house. So what they really did, in fact, is they made it real hard for people in the real estate space to uh, get things done, you know, to market to their customers. They, you can't target by age, which means I have to show 18 year olds an ad when I'm trying to sell a million dollar house. And it's kind of dumb considering I don't know a whole lot of 18 year olds, 
that can buy a million dollar house. Maybe if they're a gamer, they can or something like that. But overall, I get why they're doing it and they mean well, but sometimes they don't, they over legislate themselves and creates a conundrum. So what I've been reading and learning lately is that YouTube video ads are where it's at. So I reached out um, and that's because you can use keyword marketing to attract people that are searching for things in a certain market. So there's a little uh, ninja hack, gold nugget for you guys that are running ads. Take a hard look at uh, YouTube ads and uh, video ads, not AdWords, but using YouTube video ads. I just hired an agency and I dropped five figures, well over 10 grand to hire a pro agency that caters to realtors uh, to get motivated seller leads. And man, these people got their act together. What drew me into them, ladies and gentlemen, is their copy on their ads, their ads to attract clients for themselves, to attract realtors like me. The copy was on point. Their landing pages were sexy. Uh, as far as the wording, I don't even care what the graphics look like, but the wording spoke to me. It drew me right in. So they've got some killer copywriters on staff. I don't know where they got these guys or girls, but man, they're good. And I was actually excited to be sold. I got on a call with them. They got their act together. They know what they're doing. And uh, I'm excited to bring them on here. So what does that mean? Well, that means I got to get known in a market where nobody knows me. I mean, Key West, a couple of people know me, but not the whole island. And yes, there's it's a small island, but it's absolutely, there's 26,000 people in Key West. And some of you are probably thinking, man, you're crazy. I live in Chicago and there's 26 million people in Chicago. Well, yeah, we got 26,000 people. And the problem is only about six of those know who Tyler Chef is unless maybe they listen to my podcast. But the bottom line is I need to get sellers, right? I need to find opportunity. I need to roll up my sleeves and I need to get known in the community for solving problems. In Tampa Bay, I was known for solving problems. I had attorneys and other realtors and all kinds of different people from all walks of life that knew me as a cash flow guy, real estate problem solver. People pick up the phone and call me when they had a unique problem. They knew that I would be able to help them find an answer. I didn't necessarily have all the answers, but I have a team of people around me that have helped me over the years come up with solutions. People like Peter Fortunato, Larry Harbold, uh, Amanda Young over in uh, in Spring Hill. Really smart, really savvy people that have helped me grow over the years, and I rely on them. But you come down to Key West, we have a whole different animal here, right? Whole different model, whole different mindset. So for me, when I had to really think about, I'm starting over, what would I do? What would I give my my young self, if I could do it all over again. And I decided I was going to take my own advice, right? And I would get out there and, and really get granular. What does that mean? That means rolling up the sleeves, walking down the streets. So what I do is every single day, I will take a short walk and I will go down a different street every day. I walk down the little alleys and I walk down all the different ways. Everywhere, every, anytime I go to the store, I take a different way to get there. Sometimes I ride my bike. Sometimes I walk. Every once in a while I drove, I drive because today I had to drive all the way up to the, to the other side of the Island. I say all the way, that's like four miles away, but I had a lot of big, heavy stuff, stuff. I wasn't going to uh, Amazon returns. I wasn't going to put them on my bicycle. So I threw them in the Jeep, drove down to the airport, uh, to FedEx and got rid of that stuff. Did some grocery shopping. Again, I usually do that on my bike, but every time I leave the house, I always try to find a different way home. Number one, it helps me learn where I'm going. Yes, the island is only two miles by four miles, and there's only 26,000 people here. But at the end of the day, there's they, you talk about 20 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, not to say the Key West is shit because it's paradise, but they really pack them tight in here. There, there is what they call zero lot lines. In other words, you know, if, if the wind blows one house, it rubs up against the other one. That's how close everything is. Very small yards, no real green space, lots of palm trees, lots of cool houses from like the 18 and 1900s, all wood frame houses, metal roofs cool little town, but you would miss a lot if you're driving around it in a car. I know this because I've been coming here guys 
for 25 years. And in 25 years, I thought I knew everything about Key West and boy, was I wrong. Now that I'm out walking around and it's not two o'clock in the morning after leaving the bar when I'm in my twenties, it's actually eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff going on here. Good stuff. Great opportunity. And by doing that, by getting out there and walking, I'm seeing so much more. So last week, or actually, I'm going to take that back. This week, Monday, was our 13th, mine and Jill's 13th wedding anniversary. We've been together for 16 years. Uh, we dated for about three years before we were married. This is our 13th wedding anniversary. Yay for us. And we decided to spend the day on a walkabout. We, it was a nice day. We thought it's a beautiful day in paradise. Let's just throw on our uh, some shoes and, and just go go walking. So that started with breakfast, right? We go walking down the street and uh, we go to a broker a breakfast joint that we've never been to. And that's the thing, guys. We're trying to experience things that we've never done before. I love having a local restaurant to go to where everybody knows your name or a local tavern or whatever it may be, local store. I totally dig it. But when you're trying to learn a market, when you're really trying to break in as a real estate investor, go places you normally wouldn't go in your own neighborhood. If you haven't been to that restaurant down the street ever before, then go there. And even if you're having a hard time financially, order a salad or something, but go there and watch and observe. And you're going to see different characteristics of people. You're going to overhear conversations. You're going to know the people that work there, people that hang out around there. And you're going to learn to discover what you couldn't see before. So with us, we went to breakfast. And, you know, the waitress was, or the lady behind the counter was pretty cool. We're talking to her. And, you know, she said, uh, where are you guys from? And it's like, well, here now we just moved here. Oh, great. You're locals. So then we get a discount because we're local. That's cool on breakfast. And we start talking to her, making small talk. So now I have a name with a face. I've got somebody, we've met them. And no, they didn't give me a million dollar lead, but I do have an idea of who they are. I remember their first name and we've had a conversation before. So if I see this lady walking down the street again, I can wave and say, Hey, Janet, how you doing? And hopefully she'll remember and off you go. So she asked, what do I do? I'm like, well, I solve people's real estate problems. And she goes like, what's that mean? I'm like, well, I'm a real estate agent. You know, I broker real estate transactions, but I find a lot of people have real estate problems or they have problems that can be fixed by selling their real estate. So if you know somebody that wants to make top dollar on their property or has a problem with their real estate, they need a solution, then they need to give me a call and uh, have them reach out. And the best way to do that is just go to IamSellingParadise.com. That's IamSellingParadise.com. And sometimes I use IamSellingKeyWest.com. It goes to the same thing. So that's just an example, guys, of out there talking to people. We leave there. We go through a couple little galleries and stores and whatnot and see different things and different people. And you just start having conversations. And lo and behold, I go into this little art gallery. And this girl's in there, real nice, pretty girl. And uh, she's walking around, just kind of making small talk with us and whatnot. Very polite, uh, very well-spoken, real intelligent, sharp, sharp girl. And uh, she happened, I don't know how we even got on the topic, but somehow we got on the topic of that she was going to get her real estate license. I said, oh, really? I said, I just moved to the island and I've been in real estate for a while and I'm looking at building a team. So I'm looking for primarily new people. So I don't have to teach them. I don't know. It's easier for me to train a new person because they don't come with any uh, bad habits. It's much easier to train, train somebody to be a rock star agent who's brand new than it ever would be somebody that's been in it doing 30 years because people have been doing it a long time are hardheaded. And unfortunately, they've learned bad habits. It's very hard to unlearn. So I was talking to her about that. And she's like, oh, your name's Tyler and you're the cash flow guy. I'm like, oh my God, you're kidding me. She listens to my podcast. Well, yes, she does listen to my podcast, but that's because a mutual friend of mine that I do know here in the island had said he's friends of their family, of this girl's family. And they've been friends for years and years and years. 
And when he, he had told her a while back that I was moving to the island and I'm going to be doing, you know, real estate here on the island and opening up an investment fund and whatnot. And Tyler's a guy you need to know, which that's cool. I'm glad that he's doing that. I'm a, I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm shy when it comes to that stuff because I'm a regular guy just like everybody else, but still nice to be, be recognized and appreciated. And ironically, the week before that, I was in her house. She lives with her mom and dad and uh, here on the island. And they got this really cool house that, that their grandfather built and it just, awesome little house that my buddy has listed. He's a real estate broker and he has it listed on the market. And he took us through there, Mike and I, my partner and I through there because we're out property shopping. We're looking for opportunity in the Island. And Mike was here last week and uh, we happened to, we were going to go have dinner with my buddy, Rob. And Rob said, Hey, pick me up over here on the Island. It's like, sweet. So I got Mike with me. We'll come over and pick you up. And he says, Oh, by the way, here's the house I was telling you about. So we did a walkthrough. And while we walked through, Sellers came in and we had a great conversation with them and it was just a good time, right? Nice, very nice salt of the earth people, real quality, high class, just love these people. They're awesome. And lady, they've, you know, this house has been around since the 1940s, the only home they've ever lived in. So it was really, really cool. And I love the story and which led us to having a great conversation with the listing agent about the, how do we can solve the problem and whatnot. So small world, we meet the seller's daughter at this gallery. This is this girl. And she's like, oh my God, because she's, because Robin told her, go on my website and listen to his podcast, which she had. So it's very interesting what a small world it is. Now I have no plans to list the property or whatever. Maybe we'll buy it for the fund. Obviously the deal has to make sense. Uh, but now we've got some more doors opened and that is furthered by the fact that we were walking down the street, talking to people. And I'm not the type of person, guys, I'm an introvert. So I'm not that idiot that's out there dancing in the middle of the street. That's not me, man. I am the guy at the party that's pretty much quiet. Um, I talk to people socially. I mean, I'm, I'm not completely shy, but I'm not like this loud, obnoxious buffoon that you might think I am. I'm actually um, pretty introverted. I'm what you call an introverted extrovert, right? I'm an extrovert here in the podcast. You put a micro microphone in front of me or a camera, I won't shut up. But you put me in a group of people, I'll just make small talk. I don't, that's it. I don't mind public speaking or anything like that. I mean, I'm good at it. I enjoy it when I'm up there, but I'm not that type of person that knows everybody in town on day one. That that's a big ask for me. That's hard for me. I don't like that. Just like a lot of other people that are introverted don't like that, but I'm getting better at it over the years. And the more comfortable you become in your own skin, for those of you that, that are not good at that right now, I'm here to tell you the easier it will become for me. A lot of that was going to Toastmasters and getting out and practicing giving speeches and more importantly doing the roles within Toastmasters where you learn how to be a good listener because you really can't be a good conversationalist until you're first a good listener. So I spend a lot of time with my mouth shut. And the reason I keep my mouth shut is because I've learned that I cannot listen and learn or can't talk and learn at the same time. If I'm talking, I'm not learning. And since I don't have all the answers to all the world's problems, I spend a lot of time with my mouth shut. I'm listening to other people as they talk. And when I do talk, I ask questions because I find when I ask people about their thoughts and what they're feeling and have their view on things, they enjoy talking about that type of stuff. They don't really care about my opinion. And I don't say that to be mean. That's just reality. People care about what they have to say and they care about what's in it for them. That's just human nature, guys. So when you're in these conversations, know that it's okay just to sit there and listen and, and shake your head and pay attention to what's going on. But during our day out, I found probably a dozen properties that need my help. And this means maybe they're in rough shape. 
or maybe they've been on the market for a long time. Um, I'm going to go talk to the people that have been on the market a long time, not the sellers, but I'm going to go talk to the listing agents and find out, you know, why has it been on the market so long? How can I help you make this better? Can I turn on my marketing machine, help you sell this? I'll bring the buyer and we'll get this thing sold. Or maybe our firm, our fund will buy it if it makes good financial sense. We have lots of options and that's the beauty. And I got to get the message out to the people of Key West that I'm here to solve your problems. I have a big team. I got a lot of smart people that surround me that are a lot smarter than me. And no matter what the issue is, I'm sure if given the opportunity, we can come up with a solution that will help you. Just like accredited investors, people that are accredited investors, a lot of times have huge problems. And those problems are that they have a tough time finding good opportunities to invest in. I've sat through lots of webinars recently as we're building this fund out. We're getting our our, our funding site built and the whole nine yards and all the marketing pieces and all this. I realized that most of these, these pitches that these a lot of the syndicators do, they're dry, they're boring. They don't really share much information like where they got their rent data from or they just tell you that it's going to be fine and they talk about the market and, you know, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, and give me your money and that's it. And it's like, wow. We looked at uh, some pretty big syndicators like Grant Cardone, some of their stuff and whatnot, and really got to understand how they're doing, what they're doing, and that type of thing. And after sitting through all these things, I realized there's got to be a better way. So Mike and I, that's what we're doing, is we're going to be extremely transparent. Not to say that other syndicators aren't transparent, because of course they are, but we're going to help educate those who want to learn along the way. That means if you're an accredited investor and you want to figure out how we get these opportunities and what we're thinking. And you, if you get on board with us, you join the fund, we're going to be very open and very transparent with you. We want you guys and girls to understand the process, how we get there, what makes it work. It's not hocus pocus magic. You wave a magic wand and everything goes. There's a lot more that goes into it. Um, you can learn about, I'll tell you about the marketing and the whole nine yards. I don't mind doing that. Um, recently, a way we got, we got leads uh, that we're already working on is I went and sat in code enforcement. I went down, uh, got my favorite Hawaiian shirt on and my, my new kinos. And I went down there and sat through the code enforcement meeting. Why did I do that? Well, number one, I get to learn who the code enforcement people are. I got to learn who is in the city planning commission, who the magistrate is, what their attitude is. Some of the tenants, I got to hear some of their, or not the tenants, but the landowners in Key West, what their problems are. What are the challenges that people are having in the city of Key West? And the more I pay attention to what's going on in my local market, the better I can serve these people because I think of myself as a servant to the people of Key West. There are people in Key West that need the solutions that my team and I can provide. And that's why I'm here. So my job, I have a responsibility to tell the people, to inform the people of Key West that I'm here to help them in any way possible as well as I have the same responsibility to accredited investors that want to supercharge their retirement plan. They're sick and tired of lackluster results. They want to invest in a market that's proven that rides out all the recessions and is pretty much bulletproof. Those people know that I have the ability because I'm telling them and I'm showing them to solve their problems. And guys, those of you that are in your local markets and you're thinking, I don't want to go sit through a code enforcement meeting as a COVID, maybe I don't want to worry about COVID or maybe I can't do it because I'm working during the day or whatever the issue may be. I'm here to tell you that most of the meetings these days are recorded and they're done on Zoom or whatnot. And if you go to your local city's website, county commission, code enforcement, things like that, planning boards, most of those meetings are recorded. 
which means you can watch them at your leisure. And you don't have to sit there and watch because I'll tell you, they're about as interesting as watching uh, paint dry. Hearing them, you know, sometimes it is a lot better because you can go on about your business, but you can still hear and take in the problems. And by doing that, you can get a lot of insight into what's going on in the local community. Now, I'm telling you this. This is like the keys to the castle, guys. I mean, it's right there at your fingertips. If you have a cell phone, you can do this. You can sit there and listen to what's going on in your community, identify the problems. They tell you the address right on the meetings. Yeah, it's one, two, three, anywhere streets. Got a dog that won't shut up, or they've got unregistered vehicles, or the paint's peeling, or whatever it is. Though it means those people have a problem, which means if you just focus on those people, chances are a lot of those people either are not able to or don't want to solve their problem. But I bet you they might consider getting rid of the property that's causing them all the grief in the first place. The only way you're really going to know that is if you pick up the phone, you get off the couch, you pick up the phone. Hell, you can actually stay on the couch if you want. You pick up the phone. You call them on the, you skip trace them, send them a postcard, pick up the phone, send them an email. I don't care if you send them a, a carrier pigeon or a burning pile of poo in the front yard, as long as you reach out to them somehow and let them know that you're there to help. If you just sit around and do nothing and wait for people to come to you, I'm here to tell you, they're never, ever, ever going to show up. So you have to go out and find them. You have to make yourself known. You have to get out there and start walking around and talking to people at the local art gallery and having breakfast out every once in a while because breakfast is the cheapest meal, guys. If you're having a hard time financially and you can only afford one meal out a week, make it breakfast because breakfast is pretty cheap. The bottom line is we have to get out there and we have to let people know the problems that we solve. If we don't ever tell people the problems we solve, we're never going to have anybody that needs us because they don't know what we offer to the community. Each and every one of you listening to my voice right now has the ability to help another person with their issues and by helping them through their problems, working with motivated seller, working with motivated buyers, you can absolutely get out of the rat race. You can get involved in real estate investing and you can get where you need to be. Today is the day guys. 2021 is going to be go down in history as probably the best year for opportunity for those that are willing to take the step. I hope that you're that person and I will see you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.